Hey, it's Jaleesa. Hey, y'all. It's Adia. Welcome to Unpopular Untitled. The show where we ask, so you thought about things that matter to us and should definitely matter to you. Okay. Um, so our recommendation for this week, our recommendation for this week is Joseph Edelin, Mr. Joseph Edelin. He is a former administrator and current social studies teacher in Atlanta. He has written two books uh, for social studies curriculum. Uh, the series is called Through Our Own Eyes. Um, it contains information about areas of black history that are often distorted or left out completely in traditional classrooms. Um, his latest book in the Through Our Own Eye series is called A Celebration of Black Women in History. Uh, it tells the biography tales of notable women like Harriet Tubman, Mary McLeod Bethune, uh, Shirley Chisholm, uh, Mae Jenison, Serena Williams, Billie Holiday, and a lot more. Um, so please, please, please help to um, support a black man that is dedicated to teaching our children about who they are and where they came from. Um, and the magnificence of black women. Uh, link in our bio. You can find both of his books on Amazon. Um, so we have a talented tenth update. Girl, why do we have to talk about this every week? Because black people just so it for me. Because we don't have another choice. We really don't. So talk to us, sis. Um, okay. So everybody knows that I started my um undergrad collegiate journey. It was a journey um, at Fisk University um, in Nashville, Tennessee. And while we were preparing to record this show, I found out that the Fisk Jubilee Singers won the Grammy for Best Roots Gospel Album. Um, the title of the album is Celebrating Fisk 150th Anniversary Album. If you do not know who the Fist Jubilee Singers are, I implore you to literally watch the PBS documentaries about HBCUs, um, do some Googles, a nice Wikipedia search. The Wikipedia stuff is actually fact um, because it's, I know these things. But the um, Fist Jubilee Singers, just really quick, are um, were singers, historic. It's a, it's a troupe. And they still sing to this day, still, you know, constantly have students joining and stuff like that. But back in the day, they went around and they sang to save the institution. Um, and they went to Europe. They sang for Queen Victoria and all of that stuff. And it was just it's just such a dope story to understand how art can literally save lives. Yes. Um, and I had the pleasure of living, residing for a year in uh, Jubilee Hall, um, which is the first permanent building at the campus. And it is, it's what they paid for. That's what them singing created. So I was in history every day. It's a beautiful thing. We live for it. Shout out to the Fisk University Jubilee Choir. Love that. Singers, yeah, they, um, shout out to their Grammy win. Dog. We love a Grammy win. We yes. love black people being excellent. We do, we so do, we do. shout out to that. Yep. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. All right, girl. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about, I, I mean, there's so many places you could go. Yeah. I mean, it is. Um, I kind of, how it, how it, how it started, um, how our conversation originally started when yeah. we decided to talk about this on Clubhouse first, um, was, you know, the Coming to America yeah. movie came out, Coming to one, two. 
Yeah. The sequel. I know what that's Because <laughs> I was like, is it coming to America too? Then I watched it and I was like, no, it's coming to. to, to um, something. So, to be did you watch the movie? No. No. Okay. Are, do you plan on it? Maybe. Okay. Um, so I watched it like the day it came out because Coming to America, the original, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Now, I did go into it without the expectation of, um, I did go into it without the expectation of like it being as good as the original because I don't yeah. think any, you can't reproduce something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't, when things become classic, you just have to let them be classic. I'm not anti sequels. Because I think that it keeps things alive. And I love the fact that this movie allows for younger comedians to kind of showcase. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of like a passing the torch type situation. Which I believe that's what Eddie Murphy did it. I mean, that's why he did it. Um, Eddie Arsenio and the whole gang. Yeah. Um, and you kind of, fe- I kind of felt that way. And I think in the times that we live in, um, we all needed, I mean, you... Timing was perfect. Yeah, like we needed a little, a little moment. You know what I mean? We need, we can't go to the movies right now. Sure cannot. We aren't able to do as much as we would love to do. So why not have a family movie? Like why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. A, a movie that's not like kitty friendly because everybody's tired of Disney Plus at this point. Right. With all we've been doing is streaming, and we needed something new and refreshing to take us back to a time where all we did was laugh. Word. Um. So that's what Coming to America did for me. Um. But. A lot of people were talking about online how they um, don't, they don't feel like the movie, they don't feel like it was as funny and they feel like it's because, you know, people, comedians can't be the same kind of funny they could be in the 80s, like when the, um, the I guess 80s and 90s, which would, would be the heyday of black comedy. Yeah. I agree. That would make sense. Um, and so they feel like because now we live in a somewhat cancel culture. I'm using air quotes because you'll see why um, as our conversation, conversation progresses. progresses. But um, yeah, so because of cancel culture, we can't, we can't, comedians, not we. Yeah. I can tell all the fucking jokes I want. <laughs> comedians can't tell the kind of jokes that they used to be able to tell and it, they're, they're, careers flourish the same yeah okay what do you feel like how do you feel about the changing of the times with black comedy um as i feel with most things i do feel like you have to adapt and evolve with the current times um I know for my friends and most people that I work for that y'all know that I am the political correctness like police. Yeah. Like if it if it is something that I feel like takes you little to no time to not be offensive about, like just do it. Like pronouns, just use the person's pronouns, whatever. But with comedy, much to Jaleesa's surprise, so um, I feel like there's more of a gray area. Like, I definitely feel like comedians have audiences. Some of those audiences have different opinions than me. And I can't expect for a comedian to, like, cater to my sensitivities. Like, that's not, like, that's not what it is. And then also on those same notes, like, some shit that's offensive is funny to me. Like, it's just funny to me. Um, And... I also, we as a collective people have the option to not patronize and or consume that content if it really is that upsetting to us. 
So, I mean, like specifically with Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle has made trans jokes or jokes at the expense of trans people before in his comedy and people wanted to cancel him for it. And I was just like, I'm not listening to Dave Chappelle right now because I don't think that he is as funny as he used to be. Is that because he's trying to be more PC? Hell no, because he does not give a shit about y'all's political correctness. But I just don't think he's as funny anymore. Um, but when people are just like, we have to cancel Dave Chappelle because he told a trans joke, I was just like, do we? Like, are we canceling him? Are you Are you sure we need to do that? Um, because, yes, I find that joke problematic. I think that the content of the joke was shitty but the rest of his comedy is really observational about being a black man in the united states and like his experiences um and also of things that are going on and i find the way that he conveys and tells those stories really Mm -hmm. like usually really funny um so i was just like i'm not about to throw him away because like i'm not about to throw away this apple because it has a bruise on it like you know just kind of cut around that bruise and eat the rest of the fucking apple But for some people, stuff like that, they cannot separate. And I think it also has a lot to do with your identity um, and like your personal identities. So maybe if I were a trans person, like that's something I couldn't forgive. Like that's something that I'm not trying to support a person that is willing to make those kind of things. And again, like you have the option to not support him. So yeah, that's it. I think... Um, you hit something on the head when you said something about identity. So like identity and audience, right? Yeah. So when it comes and I don't want to just harp on Dave, but when it comes to any comedian, mm-hmm. when, when you're saying certain things, I always say, um, you know, consider the audience, like consider yes. who your audience is. Um, we were having a conversation about Kevin Hart, right? Yep. Where I don't personally believe that Kevin Hart is like one of the best comedians, but he's getting to the, getting to the back. Not none, nonetheless, he's getting to the back, and someone has to like him. He just might not be my cup of tea, right? Right. His style of comedy and things like that just may not work for me. But and as someone who's really, really, really into comedy, the way that I am, yeah, black comedy. Let's keep it funky. Um, I think that you know he just doesn't kind of mirror some of my favorite comedians. He just doesn't, he doesn't, the styles that I like and the realness of the jokes and the relatability, I don't really see that with Kevin Hart as much. Yeah. Right? But I'm not saying that he's a bad comedian because I don't think he's a bad, he got some talent. He just doesn't, and he's just Definitely. too damn loud. But anyways, Kevin Hart with the whole Academy Award situation mm-hmm. a few years back, um, also, shout out to Kevin Hart for going through all of that because then the Academy Awards had no host and it was just a better show. But anyway, <laughs> it's the truth. That show was good. and We just got things right on the movie. There I we was go. Like, this is great. Um. Anyways, but before all of that, like he, you know, when they didn't want him to do because of an old tweet, right? Yes. An and granted, he did not make this joke in his stand-up. Let's keep let's 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 keep that clear. He did not put it out. It he didn't he didn't it wasn't in the stand-up, it wasn't in a movie, it wasn't anything he wrote. It was it was a tweet, right? Okay. Yep. But when you are a public figure and you your words are how you make money, 
your tweets matter, just like authors, just like politicians, just like all of that type of stuff. We can kind of change our view based on the things that you tweet. Yeah. So when he tweeted, like, if my son were gay and all that type of stuff or whatever. Yeah. It came back up. I remember having conversations with people and they're like, dude, it's not even that big of a deal. And mm-hmm. I was like, here's the thing. I don't give a damn. But the Academy, which is mm-hmm. full of Hollywood people. So we're talking like producers, writers, directors, all of these people who a lot of them are in the LGBTQ community. Like, yeah, we can't ignore the fact that Hollywood is where they've been able to express their themselves. They've right. been able to create their own spaces. They've been able to tell their stories. Um, perfect example was Lee Daniels was a person who was um, was offended by it. Right. Yeah. Look at what Lee Daniels has done in Hollywood. He is that he is the academy. You know, he's a representative of the academy. Yeah. He created, he, he told his story on Empire of when the son, when um, the character um, put the son in the trash can or whatever, when he was yeah. putting on heels and stuff like that. That was Lee, that, that actually happened in Lee Daniel's life. Yeah. So if that, those are the stories that have been created or that are, that are being told, and this is the audience, this is the Academy, this is their biggest event of the year, this is on the world stage. Yikes. How yeah. would that look to have a person who made an off-color joke, just th- that's not who we want to represent us on our biggest night. That's right. just not what we want. Right. They have every right to do that. Definitely. Nobody stopped his bag. Nobody cut him off. Nobody did any of that. It was more of this doesn't represent what the Academy is about and the yeah. members of the Academy. So what I was upset about was a lot of people were like, they trying to keep a black man down. I'm like, no. Would we want a white supremacist hosting the BET Awards? Nope. No. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Would we want, and I'm not, I know that's a really drastic, you know what I mean, thing, yeah. but that's ultimately what it is. It's a, it's a, the BET Awards is a day to celebrate black culture. Right. We want anyone who made an off-color joke about black people to represent. You know what I mean? You don't want. They don't even get an invitation. They can't come in the door. Not at all. So it's just you have to consider who the audience is. Yeah. So I guess my question is like, should we be catering to some audiences? Like, are there audiences and, like, jokes for which there should be no audience? Like... What do you mean? Um, um... So, like, what if there was a person that just made their entire thing about being anti-Semitic? Like, are we just gonna be like, yeah, you just don't have to listen to that person. I mean... Their literal, like, their literal entire catalog is just making jokes about like the Holocaust or stuff like we that. Would, and, and if you choose, it's, it's just like media. It looks like any other form of media. Yeah. If I choose to flick on the channel and watch this, knowing that this is what it is. Yeah. And this person is really upfront about it. Then I'm choosing to consume it or I can choose not to. That's fair. That's how I feel about Fox News. That's, That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Either either we're gonna choose to consume it or we're not. And That's how I feel about Alex Jones, uh, Tucker Carlson, everybody, all them. And, all and them it's it's kind of like you know the more the problem is, this is what happens. Someone says something outrageous online, mm-hmm. something offensive, right? Right. Because that's how they're feeling in the moment, and they have the freedom to say so. And then the entire audience that it was not intended for or the people who 
it would offend. Yeah. Retweet and tell the whole world about it. Yes. So not only did you spread the bullshit, mm-hmm. you have now made this person famous. And any type of notoriety is still notoriety. You get what I mean? Like, yeah. even if I'm famous for doing something horrible, you're still talking about me. Is it notoriety? Never mind. Okay, anyway. Um, but you get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 like, no, no, I know anything, what you're anything. That was more of, like, an inside my head kind of thing. Yeah, that I said but, like, um, but, like, it's just kind of like PR. Yeah. Any, bad PR is still PR. Or right. any PR. You know what I'm saying? It's bad the same publicity thing. is still publicity. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like, it doesn't matter. It, the problem is, is that we, who are quick, we, not many me and you, but yeah. people in general who are, like, offended by anything, cancel this person, cancel this person. You are doing so, you're doing the opposite of what you say you're doing. Definitely. When you're retweeting and talking about but it. But how are the people supposed to know to cancel them? Or you could just not say nothing and not spread the word that this horrible thing is happening. Because then once you spread it, my nosy ass got to read the article, watch the YouTube clip, all the things. Yeah. And now I'm not a gayest person. I feel clip. like that's some kind of like, that has to be some kind of like paradox of cancel culture is yeah. that... You have to talk about the thing that the person did in case other people don't know, but you're still giving that person a platform and like more gas. It's very, it's very interesting to me. And I believe that's kind of how like hate and uh, not hate period, not the word hate, but like hate groups or hate little forums or online little clubs of people who hate. That's how they're born. Think about it. If I'm sitting here, if I'm, if I secretly hate gay people, let's just say I did, right? Cool. Secretly hate gay people. And I'm on Facebook, right? Yeah. And they, let's say you and my cousin and someone I'm not else. gay. Okay. I'm just kidding. I definitely am, guys. It's fine. Three people that I know that are in the community that I secretly hate. And y'all just, we just happen to be Facebook friends. Right. You guys repost on Facebook an article of a comedian who had a whole 20-minute set hating gay people right it was just all the worst jokes ever yep and you say cancel this person this person should be canceled take them off air blah 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 blah. now i who secretly hate gay people anyway get to clip this person follow this person and now i'm like i found my people yep you're right so you i just took you right to it you just literally led me to the Child, I'm a horse that I'm drinking. You, uh, hear me? you led me to the promised land, you y'all. Did. I have arrived. You did. Um, <laughs> you parted the Red Sea for me. You I just... can't. Not the Red Sea. The Red Sea. Okay. All right. Okay. We're just going to keep going. With yeah, the we just. The Red Sea. Yeah. Anyway. No. I you said I, promised land. I had to keep going. It just worked. You out. know, the biblical thing just kind of worked itself out there. It's what black people do. It's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I miss? I miss seeing church ladies that had a verse for everything that they were going through. Um, you don't follow those people? No. Uh, I absolutely do not follow those yeah, people. Yeah, I got a couple aunties on Facebook. I mean, no, I definitely don't. I but, don't have them. Anyway, but okay, so interesting with with comedy and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But like, okay, I'm going to use Nicki Minaj because... I like this is the only one that could come to mind. For I was gonna me. say this is the first person thought of. That's the first person I thought of okay. because like apparently her brother likes to touch on little kids. Sure apparently Apparently her husband also likes to touch on little kids. Or had sex with an underage yeah, person or, had or sex some, with... something something a lot. He right. had sex with him according to the law. So one 
do we just she supports them is the thing right because family and also they can't get a job and because (laughs) because why why would i need to secure a job when i have the bag like what would i need to do um people wanted to cancel Nicki minaj because Mm -hmm. she supported these people and i was just like She's not the one that did the thing, but I guess because she loves these people, we have to cancel her too. Like, is she, mind me being crass, but like, is she supplying them children? Like what's happening? Why are we canceling Nikki when really the problem should be with these people? Um, And like, where, why do people feel like we are the accountability police is, I guess, my question. So like, why yeah. do we feel like we need to be giving value judgments on people? And this is me, a person that loves to judge people. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love judging people. Right. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's very Virgo rising, very Aquarius son of me. I have no idea. Um, that's okay. People. You, the people, people, the people who know, no. No, um, I don't, I'm saying as a Virgo, I don't judge anybody. <laughs> So, um, so we just gonna tell lies on this podcast? Is that what we? When have you known me to do this N- Never. No, I'm asking. When have you known me to do this I mean, you said you prejudged me before you found out about my black church experience for converting to Judaism. I damn sure did. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, I be judging people. So I'm the only person you ever judged. Nah, cause I'm I, just kidding. I'm I just definitely judge. Um. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. What we were talking about before the show. Yes. I've, I've already had so many judgments <laughs> yes. in my head yes. about all that. Yes. Virgos are actually the arbiters of judgment, and I love that about them. Virgos are some of my favorite people. I have so many Virgo friends. God, you, that's foolish, because I don't, I don't even like them. Do you like Nardos? Yeah, that's like the only one I have. Oh. No, I have a lot of Virgo friends. Yeah, like I, I have, I literally it. have Nardo. Female wise, I have Nardos. I think close to me, I have Nardos. I don't know that I have that many male Virgo They're friends. different and I don't really care for them too much. I used to date a guy, we had the same birthday. No, I need somebody with a different birthday. Than and me. I used to date a guy. Um, My sister and her husband had the same birthday. I mean, it, don't, it doesn't really matter. Really, It does for me. Wow. It's my day. Nobody said it couldn't be. No, but I don't want to feel bad about celebrating my day if you're not celebrating your day. And if people like, okay, so you know how like if you share a birthday with a friend when you were little, y'all couldn't come to school and like have your own little birthday parties. You had to have them together. Mm-mm. Okay, never mind. Maybe this is yeah, just right. a predominantly white institution thing. Because I'm like, what are you talking I guess. Because girls would be like, my birthday's today. And somebody else would be like, my birthday's today. And they'd be like, well, I'm having a party. My mom's bringing cupcakes. And somebody would be like, well, my mom's bringing cupcakes. What are we going to do? And instead of just celebrating their birthdays together, like they had their little friends do their stuff and then their little friends do the other stuff. But if you were in the middle like me, you was in a position. Like, can I, can I go to this for 10 minutes and then go to this person's for Baby, 10 minutes? Baby, I would have been walking around with two cupcakes, talking about whistle. How you doing? I What's mean, happening? that's what I did. Yeah, like, so obviously. It was never, it, I, I don't I don't think we ever had that in school. And yeah. I don't care. See, for me, I don't care about sharing my birthday because my birthday is never about me. It's my nails on this thing. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't, my birthday is never about me. I don't even really celebrate. You know what I did for my birthday this year? Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
Okay. So But but to be clear, like I don't I literally have parties for other people. I have parties for y'all. Yeah. Everything I've done for my birthday has been about Except for this year, y'all. We gotta get it together for Jaleesa's birthday. She done already told us. No, she done no, Yes, you did. You no, sure did. Thirty five. I don't have this year is already planned up. I planned my birthday. You're in advance, girl. Get out of here. Anyways. And also Steph. Okay. All right. 35. Got it. <laughs> I, Steph, I will be in contact with you, girl. <laughs> Steph and Brittany are the people that you're probably yes. going to Steph and Brittany. Steph, be like, Brittany. what are we finna do? Hold on. Steph, Brittany, Jack. It's Jamie. probably going to be a committee. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just. I'm chilling. I just want to let you guys know that she said it's probably going to be a committee and then put, no, her, this hand, is what, put her hands together and clasp them over her no, knee. No, because. Just looked at me. No, 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 no. Because. Yes. No, because this is what was told to me. Yes. I don't know anything. I love a committee, though. Yeah, I love I'm a definitely not a. Yeah. I'll be in charge of all the spreadsheets and tracking stuff. I'm really good at that. Oh, I really love it. But yeah, so whenever I throw a birthday party for myself, it's always, I'm always thinking of what I can do for other people. Jaleesa got a haircut, y'all. <laughs> Jaleesa got a haircut, y'all. Y'all need to go check out her Instagram, I think, for pictures. But I don't know, it just looks so good. She got a good shaped head and stuff. Like, her hair Everybody is Everybody keeps cute. telling me that, like, yo, you got the perfect head. And head. she got her eyebrows did. I mean, of course. How is okay. that? Yeah, yeah, that's real. And she got her eyebrows done. She look, you look good, sis. You look good. Um, But yeah, I just needed to know because y'all can't see shit. So also, I had to let y'all know. Not only did I get a haircut, I chopped all this shit off. All of it. Um, and she has really beautiful hair. Like, it's still beautiful right now. But like, it was just, it's really pretty. Yeah. Anyway, so the people, culture. The people who have hair like mine always chop it off because it's a lot I gather. I mean, I want to chop all this 4C off because this is a lot. 4C hair is too much. Do it. I'm all for women cutting their hair. I, I think, really think my mom it. and my dad would literally cry if they saw me cut off all my They're hair. Fine. They'll be fine, obviously, but anyway. Yeah, because my grandmother does not like it. I put it in a family group chat yeah. yesterday after I cut it. Yeah. And everybody in the group chat like, oh my God, it's so cute. It's so yeah. cute, whatever, whatever. And she was like, hey, number one granddaughter, I like that pose you do. Oh. Gowns, beautiful gowns. And then she texted me to ask me what, um, what kind of shirt I was wearing in the picture. Has yet to comment on my hair. That sounds like such a grandma thing. To do. It's a Shirley thing. But anyways, best this time. Is Shirley Shawty? Yes, that's okay. what I call Shawty. Yeah, Shawty, Grandma Shawty is my favorite. <laughs> um, that's what I'm about to call her, Grandma Shawty. Um, but okay, so do you feel like there are appropriate times when people should be canceled? No, not really. Never. I mean, I feel like there's you can choose who to support and who not to support, and you deal with your own shit. Cause I feel like, what about George Zimmerman? What about him? I mean, wow. If there were a like an actual way to cancel a person, but what my question is, someone gave him a platform. He should have never had one. Definitely. But if we could have found a way to completely stop his Here's bag the thing. and get him Here's whatever. The thing. Yeah. There's if it's not George Zimmerman, it's going to be someone else. There are there are groups of people. I'm here for canceling on mass. Right, I get yeah. what you're saying, but my point is as long as there's freedom of speech. Yeah. As long as there's freedom of what all the freedoms mm-hmm. that we love. We like those freedoms, yes? Yeah, yeah, we do. Die. Yes, 
So as long as there are freedoms, then you're always going to have people who have a platform that you do not understand because of what your values are. Well, y'all better come to the United States of political correctness because I'm about to fuck all y'all up. I'm about to take all y'all up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, but, and that's, that's another, kidding. I guess that's another thing too. Another yeah. question is, who told you what was correct? Well, my Virgo rising. Mm. Obviously, it's infallible. I understand where the Virgo come from in that way because I too am also rarely incorrect about things Mm -hmm. and even if you think I'm incorrect about things there's still something that I'm right about so um (laughs) I I love that you're probably more verbal than me in some ways I feel like we're all all of the zodiac anyway it doesn't matter um sure yeah but (laughs) but I'm saying like when it comes to political correctness like you've decided that what you believe is Mm -hmm. correct. I'm trying to figure (laughs) out, you know how when you think a thing (laughs) and you don't know why anybody would choose the opposite? Right. Okay. What's that guess? Self-righteousness? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You're like you don't see any. You don't see any alternatives. You're like I do. I do see the alternatives. I don't know why people would choose them. Okay, so you see A. Yes. A is it? A is right. A makes sense for me. Right. B and C. I'm struggling to figure out why this. Why Group B chooses Group B. I mean, you know, me chooses B and Group C chooses C because I'm like. I'm struggling with why this would make any sense, right? No. Is that where you're at? It's more like I understand that you have life experiences that would lead you to this, but in option A, there's literally proof that this thing that you think is not correct, so I don't understand why you are picking B and C. Mostly I feel like B and C are just made up shit that you can't really substantiate, and then A is just like, here's the truth, here are the receipts, if you pick this, you understand that this is fact and all the other stuff is fiction. Why are all the other people picking fiction? Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, when it come, when you come down to morals, values, yeah. yep. that type of things, those things are not. They're not absolute. They're not. They're not yeah. like total fact. So it's yeah. kind of like if your decisions or how you. Your views or your opinions yeah. are rooted in value. You remember when I just started digging in your bag earlier? Because I thought it was my bag. Yes, little ADD. It was so... Sorry. Okay, <laughs> yes. I'm listening to you. But I just looked over there and I go, why is my bag over there? Mm. <laughs> like, again. Okay, so yes. A, like, absolute morality, ethics. All of that really, stuff yeah. factors in. And so... I don't ever try to like when people have different opinions than what I have, which yeah. happens a lot. Obviously, the title of our show is unpopular. Yeah. Um. Anyways, but <laughs> but but I think that you know I don't know. I just be like, y'all got it. You got it. You got it. Like yeah. you've got it. And I think that's another reason why I can't get extremely worked up because I be like I. 
I know why I believe the things that I believe and you may not believe half of those things or most of those things. I think because I I don't like explaining myself and so I don't ever ask anyone to explain <laughs> that part. I <laughs> I hate explaining myself because I feel like you need like the burden of proof is on you sir like why am i explaining myself you are obviously the one that disagrees with me so you tell me why i'm wrong i'm not telling you why i'm right like that's how i feel about right. about it most of the time yeah. i'm just like no i also nine times out of ten if there's an opinion or a belief yeah um i ain't really doing all the research for the shit that i believe in half the time I will. Ooh. I'm not. Because a lot of my stuff is value-based. A lot of my stuff is morally-based. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of it is I'm acting. Or it's even emotionally-based. Like, a lot of the things that I feel, like, I'm going just, to just call the most obvious one out. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Ain't no, ain't no, I don't need no facts. I mean, we know that black men and women, um, or black people in general, yeah. um, are killed by the police and you know yeah. at exponential rates and all that type of stuff. Alright, cool. We can run down all the facts. But at the end of the day, yo, <laughs> yeah. as a black person, human, just yeah. a human, yo, this shit crazy. And I know how this shit makes me feel. And that's just why Black Lives Matter. So if you ask me if if a white person walks up to me and they're like, why do you believe that the black can you talk to me about the black lives? No. Because it's rooted in my feeling. It's rooted in my feelings. It's rooted in me being a black human. It's rooted in me crying out to say, yo, my I matter. My brother matters. Yeah. My mother matters. And the, the generations of black people before them, they matter. The generations of black people after me will always matter. Yeah. That's all. That's it. That's all. I don't need, we don't need to talk about it. We've got to fuck talk about it. Bro. We don't need to talk about where the hell the shit comes from. Yeah. Just fix the fucking problem. Fix it, Jesus. That's it. Fix it. Very interesting. Yeah. I I feel like as I've gotten older, that is something that I have come to value is that like if I have an opinion or a thought that somebody doesn't agree with, I do not have to explain myself to them because girl, I used to write missives. I mean, dissertations. I mean, diatribes. To people about why I was right or why they were wrong and I was just like why I'm doing more work to under like for you to understand me than you are doing and you to could do that. still take all the facts that I just gave you and, and then say, completely and say that's cool yeah. I acknowledge it and then nothing but to understand that like my emotion, so like I say, it's between me and you and yeah. you send me one of these damn dissertations yeah. and I read them and I say, oh my gosh, great points. These are wonderful. What they got to do with me? But my feelings and yeah. how I was raised and whatever I, whatever values I have or yeah. that are important to me, that's just it don't fucking matter. Actually, that's a really good point because I was talking to somebody the other day and I was sharing... Um, some information about like why I felt about something like that. And they're just like, thank you for sharing that, but I'm not changing my opinion. And I was just like, oh, that's not why I told you. Yeah. Like I wasn't telling you to change your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I don't know if that's just because that's how people have decided conversations are supposed to go, that they're always supposed to be like some kind of persuasive argument. For so something. I think that we're taught that. 
So, yeah. okay. I come from, as you know, I debated for years and yeah. was on like debate team and learned policy debate and yeah. things of that nature. Um, I also have a degree in policy. I am a political, I'm a politics nerd. I am, um, I understand that everything is political and it shouldn't, doesn't have to be, yeah. it doesn't need to be, but everything is political, right? Because in our society, most things are political down to like, how we gonna how we gonna discipline the children? Right. Or how you know think this is gonna go? How bills are split between husband and wife? All of these things become yeah. political, right? And because that happens, most conversations end up being, I need to persuade you to get it my way so that yeah. it because my way is way more compromising, or it mm. makes more sense. Or, you know what I mean? I've thought my plan out. I've, I've done it. That's, that's what it is. And we carry that shit with us every damn day. Yeah. I think we do it in our conversations on the show. We, we do it without knowing that we're doing it. But I feel like for us, it's more of like an exchange of information than it is trying to persuade each other about something different. I think we don't want to be that way because we understand, we value each other's opinion. Yeah. But, and I'm not saying, that's the thing is, but we're trained to be that way. We're trained to present information to another person yeah. in such a way that I need you to understand me. That is literally how we're trained from children. We're mm. trying to report. We're trying to persuade. We're trained. That's, that's what we're trying to do. And you can't just lose that. We would love to. I would love to have casual conversations with 50 million people a day because I'm that much of a people person. However, yeah. right, however, that shit is exhausting. True. Just like you always talk about being around people is exhausting and being and I talk most about people are boring. But also I talk about being around people that I know as being yeah. exhausting. The reason why is because I always gotta have like conversations of substance and shit. Don't wanna do that. <laughs> And that's all I want to have. I never want to have BS conversations. But then, but think about it. If you had conversations of substance as much as I'm around, wanting to be around. Oh, other I'd people, be tired. Exactly. Tired. So for me, I don't. And that's go why I stay in my motherfucking house. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's literally why I am the way that I am when yeah. I say I feel more comfortable in a room full of strangers. Because who the who gives a fuck yeah if you are a racist who gives a fuck if you are like anti-smith who can i don't know you i don't Me. know you from <laughs> but that's what I'm i don't even give a chance i don't i don't know your name yeah i don't know your mama name i don't give a fuck about none of that i've learned nothing about you the only thing i know about you yeah at this bar is that you like gin and tonic cool me too we live for that. and we ordered the same drink you like lime? I like lemon. Cool. Hey, turn up. And we keep it moving. All right. All right. All right. Um, okay. So we are getting to our favorite part of the podcast, uh, which is the I was today years old when yeah. I learned. And my ass learned something this week. What uh, you learned, kid? Um, I learned more about the Statue of Liberty. Um, so first of all, if you did not know, the Statue of Liberty was actually Sorry, you said statute. The first statue. Time. And I was like, the Statue I was of like, Liberty. They got a uh, what you call it? The statue? No, oh, they don't. They have a statue though. Damn. Was supposed to be a black woman. Cool. Um, it was a gift to us from France. 
And what I found out in more detail was that it was supposed to be a black woman who in one hand was holding broken shackles and the other, the actual torch mm-hmm. that current old girl is mm-hmm. um, is carrying. Mm-hmm. And the United States was like, <laughs> nah, we can't really, we can't really do all that. Like right. we're not celebrating the fact that these Negroes are free. Okay. And we're mm-hmm. not going to give them a whole monument. All right. Um, and so they're just like, all right, back to the drawing board. So they made Liberty white. Mm -hmm. They gave her a good old torch. She holding some book in her arm. But what I found out was that the artist still put the, um, still put the broken shackles at the foot of Liberty. Mm -hmm. And I did not know that I've never been, never seen the Statue of Liberty. So I wouldn't know, but I love that. I love that the artist was still like, y'all not about to, we not about to not acknowledge this, but we can go ahead and put it at the foot um, Mm -hmm. next to the, you know, give me your broken, your tired, your poor. And I think that that is really cool. So that's it. That's cool. What did you learn this week, man? I learned a little bit more about something I already knew. Um, so I knew about, um, Bayard Rustin, Mm -hmm. um, civil rights leader. Yep. Um, he, okay. So he is responsible for organizing the March on Washington. Okay. In, was that 63? Yeah. Um, and it's really dope because I knew, so what I knew about him was, this is literally the only thing I knew about him before I listened to this podcast. Yeah. Listen to NPR, um, through line, um, dope, dope, dope show. But I knew that he was gay mm-hmm. and openly gay and all them Southern preachers was like, yeah, you will not yeah. be in that number. Like you can do everything from behind the scenes. Yeah. Sort of like a woman. Yeah. And we'll just take all the credit for it. So, right. you know, men, that's what they be doing. And um, so basically that's what it was. Um, so I found out that by listening to this, so I found out a little bit more about his story, a little bit more about him as a human. Okay. Which I love understanding what people's stories are. So he actually like adopted he made up his own accent because he wanted to sound a certain way mm-hmm. in certain spaces before he even got into civil rights. So he was into the arts. Yeah. He could sing. Um, did not know that, but he yeah, was, sang, he used to either. sing, sang too, child. Um, and he was into the arts. He moved to New York. He was really into all of that. And then he was like, yo, I'm gonna make up my own accent. Cause I want to sound a certain way. Yeah. And he did that. He traveled all around the world. Um, he got into some trouble around like World War II um, because he was like fighting and didn't want to fight and all that. But I mean, you know, war, black people, yeah. not a, we don't, they don't treat us right. And um, yeah, and then like the whole story about how some of y'all favorite preachers <clears throat> um, were just like, no, we don't want him. And, and literally brought up campaigns and like, in my opinion, assisted the FBI with trying to take him down for being gay. Um, brought up, brought up, you know, some things he was arrested for. You know what I mean? The whole indecency thing because it was technically back then considered indecent and yeah. all of that type of stuff. So he had a couple charges out in California and things like that. And they just let it be known and put that out in public and 
cause, you know, more eyes on him, you yeah. know, with the FBI and, you know, the whole, you know, FBI was already watching everybody anyway. And it just, it just, to me, it was like, kind of like infighting. A lot of the people in the movement were just right. not really, I was trying to take it as I understood that they just were not ready for an openly gay man with a partner, a lifelong partner to, to really have like a, be in yeah. the forefront on such an important day or an important event. Um, but then I also am like, but y'all still didn't give him his flowers after that. No. Um, and just like other people, just like Martin Luther King, just like Malcolm X, just like a lot of other leaders, um, his, his views definitely changed over the years and he continued to be an activist until he died, which that warmed my heart because I love it when of people course. don't give up the fight, when people try to stop you from being the fight, but he was super, yeah. super nonviolent, like went to India and everything to like try to learn and all that. I was like, learn from whomst because Mahatma was on. But they didn't know shit. that at the time though. Yeah. They were, but he realized a lot of things when he was over there cause he went over there after Gandhi died. Gotcha. And so, but I mean the teachings that you know is what you know. They didn't have access to information as much as we did. So. That's fair. Um, that but yeah, fair. so they were really focused on nonviolence. But then when he went over there, he learned that Gandhi was only like nonviolent until you, or nonviolent is like the, I guess the means. And then you can't be nonviolent to get to the end. I guess he was kind of like, he, Gandhi Gandhi realized later in his own life that okay, it's not right. It might like, not uh, it might not work out yeah. the way I wanted it to. And so he was like, Woo, um, I know y'all was following me, but Yeah. Sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. You might have to get a little violent over here, y'all. You gotcha. know what I'm saying? So he learned he learned that the even the people that you look up to are flawed. Deaf. And that was the important lesson that I took because even though him being gay is not a flaw, that's yeah. not what I'm saying at all. But he understood that what he was standing for and what he was fighting for, he's fighting when you're fighting against a flawed system, you can't be a perfect person. It's just it can't be. real. So that yeah. was what I got from that. I love that. Yeah. I love it. She All right, y'all. We have reached the end of our show. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you do all of the following things. Yes. So one, you guys might have noticed that we have changed the name of our podcast. Yes. We are now unpopular, untitled. Yes. Um, we are now on IG under that name. We are on uh, Facebook as unpopular, untitled podcast. We have not been uploaded back onto Apple yet, but you can find us on Spotify and Google Podcasts by typing in unpopular uh forward slash untitled uh and we will update you guys as soon as we're back up on apple um make sure that you also follow us on clubhouse we are still on clubhouse under our old podcast name but that change will be coming up soon remember tomorrow at 9 p.m est we will be having our uh questions that need answered discussion had a really great discussion uh last week so make sure that you don't miss it um yeah that's it uh Jaleesa, that's all. i was gonna be like you got anything else to say um keep wearing your mask <clears throat> yes wear them over your nose um check qualifications in your state for how you yes. can get your or how or if you can get your vaccine yes um and then um i'm not gonna be like the twitter people and say invest i'm not gonna be like llc twitter and say invest your stimulus check but i am going to say that you deserve to buy yourself something nice. Yes. The way that this society and the way that what we've been through in the past 12 months, if you choose to spend your $1,400, 
on whatever the hell you decide to choose. Whatever, please enjoy yourself. Do something for the nice pizza. Enjoy yourself. Treat yourself because uh, it's not 2020 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mostly. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye.